Yes, Josh Graham has opinions. There is nothing that entertains the audience and the masses more than me being bothered. And yes, he's got attitude. Really, none of the game made sense to me. And that's exactly why you love him. When this all gets sorted out, I think you and me should get an apartment together. You're on The Drive with Josh Graham. Welcome to a Wednesday Drive. You are listening to WSJS News Talk Sports for the Triad. We're in the NBA... It's not real until it's said or tweeted by Adrian Wojnarowski. And late last night, on the topic of the Hornets' decision between Scoot Henderson and Brandon Miller, Woj on SportsCenter weighed in with the latest. This is how that sounded. And both Miller and Scoot Henderson uh, came back to Charlotte for second workouts, uh, second meetings, and I'm told Miller was better the second time around Uh, in that environment than he had been the first time. And certainly positionally, uh, Miller's advantage over Scoot Henderson in Charlotte uh, is that they've got a point guard in LaMelo Ball in Charlotte, who they believe is a franchise-level point guard. And and right now, uh, Brandon Miller continues to be the focus uh, for the Hornets at number two. The NBA draft is tomorrow night. And if Woj is right that the Charlotte Hornets are going to draft Brandon Miller, it would feel like taking Michael Kibb Gilchrist all over again. And here's what I mean by that. Because I'm not necessarily saying Miller's going to be a bust. That's not what I'm saying. Let's instead go back in the time machine to 2012. In 2012, Charlotte just missed out on getting the number one pick. This was the last time they had the number two pick. And there was a transcendent talent on the board. Anthony Davis was that talent. He was the splashy, transcendent, freak athlete type before Webinyama and before Zion. So he was two freak athletes ago. You only get one of these guys every five, ten years. Anthony Davis was one of those guys. New Orleans got the number one pick. Charlotte got the second pick. A.D., Wasn't going to be a Hornet, so what are you going to do instead? The Charlotte Hornets decided we're going to draft Anthony Davis' teammate from Kentucky, Michael Kidd Gilchrist, because why? Fit. You can't possibly take a guard, another ball-dominant guard, a year after you drafted Kimba Walker in the top 10. That wouldn't make any sense. So you got to... Look at position. You got to draft because of fit. You have to take Kimball Walk or you have to take Michael K. Gilchrist rather than some of these other guys that go number three and go in the next few picks. You want to know who was taking number three that year? Bradley Beal. You want to know who was taking three picks later? Dane Lillard. It would have been a lot better pick if Charlotte taken either of those two players, we can agree. Take the best player on the board if you have the opportunity to do so. Passing on Scoot feels like the same thing. Nobody today, and we're a day out from the draft, is making a basketball argument for Brandon Miller being a better player than Scoot Henderson. It's still all fit. That's all anyone's talking about. Fit, fit, fit. Oh, you can't play LaMelo and Scoot together. It's the same thing that I'm sure was discussed 11 years ago. 
You can play LaMelo and Scoot together. Take the best player. Would it require you to move some things around? Will it be as clean? No. But you should always in that sport just figure it out later. Get the talent in the building. That was the approach by Phoenix this week. Whatever it took. Hey, get Bradley Beal in the building. We'll figure it out. Oh, but he's making $50 million a year. We'll figure it out with Beal and KD and with Devin Booker. We're going to figure it out. Charlotte should have that same approach. It's obvious that the basketball world believes Scoot is the better player. When you look at the rumors, teams want to trade up into the top three to take Scoot. Find me the rumor that's out there where a team wants to trade up to take Brandon Miller. I would wait. I would wait. And if I held my breath, I would have probably taken my last breath. You're not going to find that story. Orlando wants to move up reportedly to take Scoot. New Orleans wants to move up reportedly to take Scoot. There's some stuff with the Houston Rockets. They want to move up to take Scoot. It's not Brandon Miller. And the frustrating thing is, since this comes out today, there is a doomsday worst-case scenario that can happen here where Charlotte takes Brandon Miller too and Portland trades out of that pick and gets maybe a Zion Williamson, let's say. Which means Charlotte would have missed out on the two best possible outcomes, getting Scoot Henderson or getting Zion slash Brandon Ingram. Because when you, we're not the only ones that see that report from Woj. Now the basketball world is convinced, they're affirmed that Charlotte is going to take Brandon at number two, which means if there are trade phone calls to be had to try and take Scoot Henderson, they're not going to Charlotte to make those phone calls. They're going to Portland to make those phone calls because now nobody believes Mitch Kupchak is going to take Scoot number two. Nobody believes that at this point. Drafting Brandon Miller feels like taking Michael Kidd Gilchrist all over again. On Twitter at WSJS Radio, if you want in, we're streaming video there in addition to YouTube and Twitch. Will Dalton is the executive producer of the show, and you're the Hornets fan on this show. Are you still holding out hope that it's going to be something else, or have you fully accepted it's going to be Brandon Miller tomorrow night? I think it's going to be Brandon Miller. I want it to be Scoot. Like, I've heard enough. I've uh, People we talk to, or you telling me what somebody you've talked to and people you talk to say. Sources. Sources. According to my sources. Yeah, well, I'm Adam not. Schefter. Notice I haven't been the guy. <laughs> I do have sources. Yeah, that's right. That people are I pretty trust. close to the situation, but I'm not pulling the, I'm sitting in front of a bookshelf. Here are my sources. It's what they're telling me. Could you imagine what Bradley Beal and Kemba would have looked like together? It's upsetting. It is. Yet let's, here let's we are that. again. Let's not do that again. Looks like they're going to. Out in Omaha, LSU has earned a rematch with Wake Forest tonight. A game you can listen to right here on WSJS, 7 o'clock, first pitch, 6.40 pregame start. And even though the Deeks have wiggle room and they don't have to win tonight, you should expect them to finish the job anyway, tonight. They close it out because that's what they did the last two weekends. Think about this. Or I guess it would have been not this past weekend, but the previous two weekends. You get what I'm saying here. They could have lost 
on a Sunday night against George Mason and played in a game seven the day after that in the regional weekend. Instead, they hammered George Mason 15 to one. Ah, uh, yeah, they're not going to have the same urgency. Oh, they had plenty of urgency that night. I was there. Then you look at the following weekend. Wake sneaks one out against Alabama in game one. So game two, oh, Alabama, they're playing for their lives. Wake Forest, they have a little bit of a cushion here. We'll see if urgency is the same play. Yeah, Bama got waxed 22 to five. Wake rolled the tide. Urgency is not going to be a concern in Omaha tonight. And the pitching advantage is just outrageous. Wake already had a better staff than LSU. Now this is just their third game in five days. Meanwhile, this is three days in a row for LSU and four games in five days. That pitching staff is strained, especially since Paul Skeens, their all-everything mustachioed starting pitcher, isn't going to go tonight, it seems. Wake Forest's bats are due, and they're not going to be held to just three runs tonight. I think they get past the five-run threshold. I think they'll probably score seven or eight. This is a team all year long that's averaged close to 10 runs, and their first five NCAA tournament games, they averaged 15. So they seem poised to break out a bit. I think that happens tonight. I think Wake Forest wins with authority to punch their tickets to the championship series. Give me Wake Forest 7, LSU 4. The Drive with Josh Graham, only on WSJS. Our Omaha correspondent today is Wake Forest basketball super fan who was once upon a time a Demon Deacon basketball player. It's your guy, Aaron Roundtree, who's joining us on WSJS. And Tree, we've got to start here. There was video of you from Saturday's game where you were shirt in the stands during the game. How common of an occurrence is it to pop that top off during a Wake game? Oh, man, the, the top does not come off as often as people think. Um, it came off a few times. Probably football season is probably the time when it comes off the most. It just just doesn't feel right to pop the top off at a basketball game, I guess, because it's indoors. Um, but, yeah, listen, hopefully the Deeks get me excited enough today to pop the top off again. Yeah, this. I guess you view it like the Mike Breen where at a key moment you got it has to be a key moment where you you you, you pop off the shirt that's like that's exactly what it was so seth came the side in the eighth and it almost came off on the third strikeout but i fought i fought the urge on the third strikeout almost the third one in the eighth after k and the entire side sent me there but then that when we we're on that rally i was like man we if we get this lead the shirt might have to come off and a few people in my section joined in, and it was just a great time to be a deep. You can listen to the game on WSJS later tonight, 7 o'clock, Wake Forest and LSU. Aaron Roundtree joining us from Omaha. I hope I'm not revealing anything uh, uh, too inside baseball or out of school, but Steve Forbes told me upon going to Omaha that he could beat LSU by himself when it came to the <laughs> Jello shot challenge. How many Jello shots have you indulged yourself with? Um, we've definitely had some support for some friends. Um, I got Cam sent some money in and then some people from Twitter. So I think the first day when I walked in, I got $300 worth. So that's, that's 60 right there. 
Um, after after the win, I did another forty. I haven't drank them all myself, but probably by myself, I'll probably put down twenty twenty five. <laughs> You're in Roundtree doing doing the damn thing out there in Omaha. I'd love to know. Yeah, paint the picture for me. Not all of us get a chance to be in Omaha, like where you're at right now. I'd love to know what the weight contingent looks like out there, and more specifically, Wake Coopers, because we know Forbes is out there, and we even saw on Twitter that Muggsy Bogues is there too. Yeah, man, the, the weight contingent has really shown out, um, as everybody likes to remind us and as we like to use as a little chip on our shoulder. We are, I think, either the smallest Power 5 school or if not the smallest, one of the smallest. So um, it feels like our entire alumni fan base is here. You know, we've heard the joke about us only having six fans. I think it's Kirk Herbstreet. Yeah. <laughs> um, but all six of us and all six of us are here, and we brought a lot of friends. Um, we've definitely shown out the alumni here. It feels like a big family reunion. Um, obviously, we're outnumbered today, but – other than LSU, I feel like we've had the most fans here, which has been impressive. What would it mean to you if uh, Wake Baseball wins a national championship and you're there to see it? Um, I talked about it this morning with a few people. Um, I think it'd be one of the biggest sporting accomplishments in school history, if not the biggest. Um, I think only two ACC schools have ever won a baseball national championship, Wake, and, right. 55, Wake and 55 and UVA, like – 10 years ago or something like that? Whenever 2015, UVA. 2015. Okay, so UVA just won it. Um, so, yeah, so it'd be a huge accomplishment because it's something that's hard to do. I think this is the hardest postseason tournament, maybe in all of sports, but definitely all of college sports. Yeah, especially, so, when, you come out, especially when you come out of the loser's bracket, which unfortunately Wake Forest does not have to do. Yeah, I would say not, not having to fight out of loser. So this is my first year really paying attention to the College World Series. ECU went a few years back, I think, or at least they, they hosted a regional. That'd be more up your alley, right? Yeah, they, they, they went made to it the Supers. They, they lost in the Supers. Okay, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to bring that memory back for you. It hurt. It hurt. It hurts. I, one day I'm going to go to Omaha and win the Pirates go because here's the stat that always gets thrown around with my alma mater tree. No team has ever been to as many regionals as East Carolina has without a trip to Omaha. And it's five, oh. about like 10 regional. So no one else is even close to that distinction. Okay. So that's a, that's a gift and a curse. That means y'all are always good enough to be, go to regionals, but just had some bad luck. It's my favorite but, quote. It's my favorite sports quote that someone's ever said. A sports writer about a hundred years ago, tree named Haywood Brown once wrote. And I think this is encapsulated by NC state fans, if I'm being honest, but this is relevant to ECU that the greatest tragedy in life is not losing. It's coming close to winning. And <laughs> that's that's NC State. I mean, because they're not bad enough where you could be apathetic. You could be hopeful. It, yep. it just getting kicked in the nads feelings worse than losing sometimes. 100%. So I think going back to what I was saying about how big it'll be, I think it would be, like I said, one of the biggest sporting accomplishments in school history, if not the best. Um, I thought the Brock play, I – I thought the Brock play might be the best play in school history. If mm. Brock and let me not forget Bennett with the tag too, the the tag that LSU fans thought was questionable, but was clearly an out. I mm -hmm. <laughs> was a wonderful play, and I, I got to throw this at you. See, Aaron Roundtree is joining us from Omaha, former Wake basketball player. I got to throw a basketball question at you since we got you, and this is the topic everyone's talking about this weekend, especially today. Do you have a preference on Scoot Henderson or Brandon Miller? Do you have a preference on that? 
Um, I do have a preference, and I guess I'll give you my reasoning. I would, you know, I'm a, I'm a pretty big Hornets fan. I go to a, a bunch of Hornets games. I, I even had on a Hornet jacket earlier. Um, I would rather have Scoot, and not because of fit. I think fit, it probably sucks with him and Terry and LaMelo all together. But I think Scoot's ceiling is just so high. The only person in the draft with a higher ceiling than Scoot is probably Wimby. And, of course, he's going one. Um, I love Brandon Miller. I think Brandon Miller's floor is maybe the highest of the top lottery picks. His floor is super high. He's really, really talented. At worst, he'll be great value Paul George. But I think Scoot has a bigger ceiling. And with where the Hornets are at right now, I think you take best available. I agree with Everything you just said there. Aaron Roundtree, I hope to see a shot on ESPN tonight at View shirtless, or at least on social media. Have fun tonight, as I know you will, my friend. I will. I'll, I'll take a jello shot for you, my friend. I'll see, you back, at, I'll see you back at Putter soon. You got it. That is Aaron Roundtree. I will see you at Putter sometime soon. I'm down with that. Contenders. Every time Wake Basketball plays at 9 o'clock, I usually show up at putters when I get out of the show and then go to the arena. And most times I see Aaron Roundtree there. Most times that's the case. If I'm at putters and it's a game day, there's Aaron Roundtree. You know what his go-to is? No idea. Maybe next time we, we like figure t- that out. We like tenders. What did you just do to your mic there? <laughs> I totally just spun it around. Punched it. <laughs> you, you just assaulted it. There that. you go. That's crazy. And then after the game, if I'm at putters, you know, Darren Vought might roll by. Putters, get it together. Let's sponsor this show. For for sure. Like, what are we How, doing? How's that not already happened? We've got to try and figure that one out. Speaking of the draft, did you see the photos of Victor Webinyama last night? Yes, I did. There's the video. There's the photos. He's at Yankee Stadium. I'd watch a TV show or follow a social media account that is exclusively Victor Webinyama picking up things. Or trying to do everyday normal things. The ball looked like a golf ball in his hand. It did. It did. And him picking up a baseball bat. I didn't see looked that. Like, uh, like a dad holding up a five-year-old's wiffle ball bat. Mm-hmm. That's what it looked like. And I'm going to get in the cage, do some batting practice. Then he went on the subway. And he's like ducking to get into it. <laughs> and it got to a point where it was so uncomfortable he had to sit down. He's an alien. He really is. I think we've discussed this before that he is that. And like I said, I would follow that account. Oh, well, here's uh, Victor Webinyama holding a dog. Here's Victor Webinyama <laughs> trying to do the dishes. Here's Victor Webinyama fill in the blank. I, I would follow that. I would watch it. You probably would too. He could hold Willow the dog in one hand comfortably. Easily. Hold Willow the dog in one hand. And pet her with his finger. (laughs) I'm sorry I'm a little winded. A lot of talk. This is The Drive with Josh Graham. We'll have to get a... Update from Omaha in just a bit from WD, who looks distracted watching baseball when he should be paying attention to the show. Perhaps we can do that in a bit. 
We need to talk about Mitch Kupchak and Brandon Miller, who both spoke with the media today and both are making my head hurt based on what they said. Let's start with Brandon, who is at the draft. He's in New York City. And this is the clip that's attracted the most attention today when he was asked who he felt the GOAT was. No, because I, I actually don't uh, think LeBron is, you know, the GOAT of basketball. I think my GOAT of basketball is Paul George. And, you know, I always grew up watching him, so it's never just LeBron. Paul George is his GOAT. We need reaction from Paul George. Even Paul George doesn't think Paul George is the GOAT of basketball. PG-13's probably watching that thinking, what? This guy's cray. What's happening here? Also, the lack of self-awareness here is staggering. You're being asked the GOAT question, which most people have arrived at. It's either LeBron or it's Michael. And one of those two choices was said earlier today to be the man who will have final say on whether or not you're the second pick in the draft. <laughs> there are two options really here, Michael or LeBron. One of the two has final say for the team that you just worked out for a couple days ago. And... He goes with Paul George. It's incredible. It's an incredible answer. I mean, there's a couple things here. I'd love to know what the couple things are. It could just be one of those deals where Paul George is his favorite player. And we he's get being that. a delusional fan that's saying, oh, my favorite player's the GOAT. Or he's heard all these comparisons comparing him to Paul George and he's trying to speak something into existence here. I don't know what it is. The latter doesn't make any sense. The uh, first one that you bring up there is probably what he's doing, but it goes back to lack of self-awareness. Paul George is my goat. It's like someone saying, it's like you saying Star Wars is the greatest movie ever. Well, it's, it is. It's your favorite. Well, it is. It's your favorite, and that's fine, but it's not The Godfather. It's not... The greatest movies ever made. Anchorman's my favorite movie. But am I going to come out here and say, hey, the legend of Ron Burgundy, move over, Casablanca. Move over, Citizen Kane. Move over, The Godfather. Here comes Ron Burgundy. You stay classy, San Diego. No, that would sound ridiculous. Just like this sounds ridiculous. And it gets worse. This is courtesy of my buddy Ashley Strohline, who does television in Charlotte. She's up there covering the draft. Remember, Michael is the guy who's making the decision. Final say, according to Mitch Kupchak earlier today, and we'll get to Mitch in a second. Apparently, there was a moment where they played a little bit of pickup together. Michael shooting some hoop. With Brandon Miller. Keep that piece in mind when you hear what stood out to Brandon Miller about having a run in with MJ. Meeting him and him talking trash to me is probably the coolest thing ever. Uh, if you just wonder, he definitely sounds like how he sounds on TV. So. <laughs> Did MJ talk trash to you? 
What? You're going to call out Jordan like that? We're going to call out MJ missing a free throw and airballing it? Respect your elders. He's 60. Oh, yeah. He airballed a free throw, though. Please draft me number two <laughs> overall. And MJ's competitive. He holds grudges. Right? He holds grudges. What? Is he trying not to get drafted by the Charlotte Hornets? Does he know that Michael Jordan still has influence here? Or is he thinking, nah, that guy, he already sold the team off. He airballed a free throw. What are you doing? A report I read today said MJ still has final say. I've said that three times this segment. Oh, I'm sorry. I was watching baseball. I understand. Uh-huh. Not a not a joke. <laughs> not a joke when I say that WD's distracted watching baseball. Pretty clear there. <laughs> now let's get to Mitch Kupchak. Actually, let's flash back the night of the lottery a month and change ago and listen to Mitch Kupchak when he was asked about best player available versus fit. You know, we're, we're getting a little bit more advanced and putting this team together. You know, I think three years ago, or even two years ago, I would have said without question that we're going to take the best available player. And that, that's been, you know, our position for the last three or four years when you're trying to accumulate talent. And, you know, I don't think we're where we need to be from a talent level, but we've got a lot more talent now than we did two or three years ago. So I think we can be a little bit picky. What? <laughs> You can be picky? You're picking second for a reason. Oh, yeah. We haven't been to the playoffs. We have the longest playoff drought in the NBA. But we got so much talent, we can be picky with the number two pick. On what planet? But that's not the part that really makes my head hurt. That was Mitch Kupchak a month and change ago. This was Mitch Kupchak asked the same question today. I think several years ago, you know, it wasn't a factor at all, okay, as far as fit. You know, you, we're always going to just take the best player. And I would say that's still the case today. Although we are closer to a point in time where we would consider fit, uh, but we're not that team that's been in the playoffs for three or four years. And, you know, you're looking to tweak a roster and look for fit. We're, we're not at that place right now. So our decision, you know, is going to remain to be, you know, looking for the player that we think is going to have the best overall career. Which one is it? <laughs> are you in a position to be picky or are you not in a position to be picky? Which one is it? This is why I don't believe anything Mitch Kupchak's saying right now. I don't believe it. I'll tell you what I do believe, what Woj said. When Woj says something, I believe that more than Mitch Kupchak. He's not going to tell us who they're drafting. He says there's a chance they could move the pick still. I don't have a clue. But I bet you, I bet you, Woj probably isn't wrong. Probably. Unless Michael Jordan heard Brandon Miller today and said, you know what? Views it like the stepbrothers like job interview with Seth Rogen, where it's like, yeah, you know, the suits, they seem a little bit more bleeped up now. Uh, maybe, maybe I didn't see these things before, but I see them now. 
uh, how about we just draft that Scoot Henderson guy? Or, or how about we move the pick? That's the part. I've heard that argument today. Oh, they're just letting people know they, they're probably going to take Brandon Miller. So that way they can, it's a smokescreen to try and facilitate a trade. Well, no, wouldn't you make it be Scoot Henderson then that you're going to take number two if you want it to be a trade smokescreen? Because now, by saying it's Brandon Miller, nobody really wanted Brandon Miller in the Brandon-Scoot debate. So those teams are now calling the third team. They're calling Portland, not Charlotte, for trade inquiries. They're, they're going to take Brandon Miller based on the information. Now let's get that baseball update. WD. What do we have? Florida's playing TCU today. It's an elimination game for TCU. It is. It is. Florida's in the position that Wake Forest is in tonight. That's right. It's two to one right now. They're headed to the bottom of the sixth. So tight game so far. I mean, the only like we said this yesterday, the only game that hasn't really been tight was, was TCU was, Oral Roberts. Was, right, when it kind of got separated. But. Let's hope Wake Forest, you know, doesn't have to play a tight game tonight. Seven o'clock against LSU. That's later on. The reason I'm not distracted watching baseball is because Tampa Bay just took care of business pretty quickly. Yeah, they did. 7-2 to two against my Birds, but at least the Birds won yesterday. It's just a two-game series. Got the split in Tampa. I'm Ma- happy about it. Made it fun for you, though, last night. Yeah. Watching some music, live music, and when the set started, it was 7 to nothing Birds. When the set ended, were you setting up Hubert Davis live music? It's live action, Tracy. That's what I thought. When the set ended, I looked down at my phone. Seven to six, this Orioles team. Just going to be the death of me. But third best record in the American League. Might be tied for second now. It's the drive with Josh Graham, WSJS. What a nice surprise. B-Dot, six-man of Car Hill basketball, hanging out in studio with us. WD, without looking, do you know who sings this song? That's Nelly. Tell him, WD. That's and, Nelly. Yeah. And Kelly Rowland. There we go. See, I know stuff. Yeah, my boy, <laughs> WD. I love Dilemma. Tell me why the music video is one of my favorite music videos ever. Really? Do you know why? No, why? There's something about mid-2000s, like going back and looking at mid-2000s hip-hop videos when we were just starting to get smartphones or cell phones were starting to become popular, seeing technology that became outdated Mm. like in five years after the videos (laughs) is incredible. At the start of this music video, Kelly Rowland is sitting on the top seat of a porch. For some reason, she had a house that had a stoop, and she's sitting there, and she opens up like one of these slide phones, like the sidekicks, like one of those sidekicks. And the screen clearly had somebody edited on top of it, like a Microsoft Excel spreadsheet that she was texting Nelly <laughs> on. And it just makes me smile. Like there, we, I need to go back and find some of the screenshots I dug up of like old tech, old cell phones from hip hop videos in the 2000s because it makes me smile. Like the Chingy right there music video had some of that. Jay-Z had a few of these that come to mind too. 
But you're just talking about phones that they had. Like that was the two ways. Like and the two. But ways, people were flaunting it at the time because yeah. it was new. It was flashy to have these yeah, things. Yeah, it was that thing. Then next came the flip phones. Then you got the chirp with the next tail chirp, and people would chirp you while you were in class. The chirp was off the chain. Then you had the dad gone when you get free after nine o'clock. Then they put the deal in when you get free minutes after seven o'clock. Then they just made it free for everybody. Man, cell phones have come a very, very long way. Getting in a time machine over here. Hey, man, the sidekicks used to be off the chain. Everybody used to want a sidekick. Them joints, they would flip up. You would type on them, and it's like you was just real. It was like text message, but you would use T9, though. Do you even know what T9 text messaging is? I oh, don't. I do. Gosh, T9 was amazing. Like It was like for two would be ABC, and three is DEF. So you would have to like double-click on B, double-click on two to get B, and then double-click on three to get E. Like, that's T9. Oh, I found it. <laughs> Ancient. What did the text say? I don't know if you can read it on the... (laughs) That's clearly like a Microsoft Excel spreadsheet that's texted on it. Like what? What nah, is Kelly Rowland? This is Roland, how they went. This is wh- how he texted on. What him. is what is Kelly Rowland messaging Nelly in this music video though? Hey, he said he says, "Where you at? Holler when you get this." That's right. So there's that. What's up? I screenshot yeah. a number of these. Yeah, it was a Nokia wow. sidekick. Yeah, it was a sidekick. Like I'm there's Chingy you. that has like a long contraption that looks like it's see. from the James Bond music. What are you talking about? Like from like a James Bond movie has like a long like receiver piece oh no he just got i don't even know what phone that is i like it like one of the early razors that was the flip phone though that's the flip phone you can see that's the flip part that comes down right there you dig what i'm saying that's the flip <laughs> JC, phone this is the hey pimpin or big yeah, pimpin music see, video JC, but see his exclusive because he's got the video on it like he got the crazy two-way oh my god that's the big money two-way Woo, Jay-Z had that brunette. And this one, I don't even know what music video right this is flip from. Phone. It said, Jay, I'm in the bedroom. Kiki. Oh, Cop. that's that's Cop. the Jay-Z one, though. Yeah, this is Jay right here. He got the flip phone right here. Gosh, that was off the chain. That was a time. It really was. I'm going to retweet this. You so should. at Josh Graham Radio, you can find some of yeah. these 2000s rap videos. See if you had any phones. of these phones. I never had any of those. I had the flip phone and I had the razor joint, but I ain't never had a sidekick. I was never... Uh, fortunate enough to get one of those. That was the '90s. That was late '90s phone right there. You remember the Juke? The what? The Juke. That what? that phone that like it was like real real thin. Remember ESPN the phone? Yes. Where I they don't remember that it either. was less than a year before Steve Jobs introduced the iPhone, and ESPN's like, you know what we're gonna do? Sports updates on your phone. Mm. And then the iPhone came up, and it turned out to be like a five hundred million dollar disaster Damn. for ESPN. With uh, hip-hop videos in mind, what a transition to grammar school. Josh Graham has his own way of speaking. (laughs) And just when you think it can't get any worse, (laughs) Josh is going to attempt to learn B-Dot's vernacular. I'm going to put one in the air. It's time. (laughs) Yes, sir. For B Dots Grammar School. Nobody better than B Dot. Free game, during game, post game. Brought to you by Heritage Hardwood Floors. When it comes to flooring, they have no ceiling. Heritage Hardwood Floors. When it comes to floors, they've got no ceilings. And if this is your first time listening, yes, that was Jay Billis uh, letting folks know how great I am. <laughs> He'll be on the draft tomorrow night, seeing what the Hornets are going to do. Okay. If you can help me out with one of the answers to these questions that Dot asks, you will get our last book and last ticket to see Chris Paul tomorrow and a copy of 61 Life Lessons from Papa on and off the court. It's going to be a great event at Wake Chapel, 
7 o'clock tomorrow night with doors opening at 6. It's so interesting how when he narrates it, I remember where I was in 2002. Maybe I'll share that before I get up out of here. Yes, yeah. we would love that after we get done with grammar school. All right. I'm going to be honest with you. Hmm? I don't. I didn't really think of a caucastic question, so I'll just come up with one on the fly really quickly. Oh wow! Can you name? There are eight schools that made it to the College World Series. Can you name two? <laughs> one should be very Wake obvious. Forest there you go. And um, Texas. No. Dang. Wake's playing LSU tonight. Florida just. Eliminated Florida. TCU. Florida man. Could have went Tennessee. Virginia, Gosh. Tennessee, Oral Roberts, and who am I forgetting out of the bunch? Now I should have guessed Florida. I heard Stanford. Florida. Those, I heard Florida in conversation. Those are the eight. Okay. What's your questions? All right. Well, um, have you seen this submarine that was going to look for the Titanic? Oh. Tough. Is that not crazy? Terrifying. Terrifying. What's crazy is all I see on social media are people clowning these submarines. Folks, I'm like, yeah. yo. I mean, it's like, oh, look at these rich people trying to do this. I'm like, yo, they're they're trying to do something. Like they're trying to explore. If I would have had the money, I'd have done it. Yeah, two hundred fifty thousand. If I'd have had two hundred fifty thousand to frivolously throw away, I definitely would have gone down there to see the Titanic. Yeah, it's it's. Scary. I, I it's like tragic. stuff like that, but underwater scares me. And I was seeing people talking about like, why don't they just swim out? And it's like the pressure. You can't. People don't understand how much pressure the ocean is on top of you. It can literally crush your body. Yeah. Really stupid people on Tons. So from that perspective, I was thinking, Dang, let me ask Josh, Josh, what's pressure? <laughs> what's pressure? Pressure, yeah. huh? Yeah, if I got that pressure. 336-777-1600. I'm bribing you. I've got a ticket where you probably will get a chance to meet Chris Paul if you're at this. This is, sounds like a pretty exclusive event at Wait Chapel tomorrow. Hmm. And a book. A book, 61 Life Lessons from Papa on and off the court. If you could tell me what pressure <laughs> means. If I got that pressure, what I got? If you got that pressure. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. When in doubt. When in doubt. Guns or drugs. <laughs> That's BDOT's advice. Over the years. Yeah, that pressure. I'm going to go drugs and i'm gonna say that pressure is something that is like distilled um like weed i'm gonna say it's like yeah a strong form of marijuana is pressure is that your final answer yeah that's correct <laughs> look at you he yeah! followed the rule <laughs> When in doubts, <laughs> when in doubts, that pressure, man, it'll sit you down, man. It'll literally crush you. That pressure, <laughs> that pressure, <laughs> unreal. I, I was so lost. I had no idea, and just went, you know, just followed the yeah, rule of thumb. Follow it, bro. Followed the rule. Of thumb. Follow it. Let me I to the promise land. Finally, learning something here. Yeah, it's yeah. <laughs> fantastic. What's next? Second, what does it mean to chuck a deuce? Chuck a deuce? Yeah. I'm about to chuck a deuce. Hmm. Chuck a deuce. 336-777-1600. <laughs> I have an idea yeah. about this one. Hmm. I think, WD, I don't know if people still say this anymore, but when 
you are leaving the premises somewhere. You might throw up two fingers and be like, deuces. I'm out. Yeah. Why are you laughing? That's a thing that people say or why used you, to say. Why did you throw up two both or the piece on both <laughs> hands and then cross them over each other like that, though? What because, was that? Because I'm white. Um, uh, yeah. That was, really? That was, <laughs> what was that? He crosses his arms in front of him, holding up two fingers. Oh, we on got each a video hand. feed. They saw it. I'm talking oh, yeah. for the people that are driving and wondering what the heck we're laughing at. <laughs> and he held up really four fingers. Chuck a deuce. Looks stupid. Uh, that's what I'm gonna go with. Chucking a deuce means I'm throwing up the deuces, which means I'm I'm leaving. This is me. I'm gonna chuck a deuce. <laughs> I'm out. I gotta go. Deuces. Is that your final answer? Yeah. That is correct. What? <laughs> Chuck a deuce. Get up out of here. Wow. Turn me up. <laughs> yeah. My boy's in his bag today. No cap. No cap. <laughs> Turn me up. I mean, he's working through these things and figuring I, them out. I, man. I got really good. Amazing to I, see. I've got. I've got <laughs> really good. It's really amazing to like, see, folks. I feel like. I feel Impressive. like a pitcher who's like throwing a perfect game. It's like I'm just pressing the right buttons. They're right there. You know, I'm working the outside corner. And shuffling anybody, by pitches a bit. If this is your first time listening, like, he doesn't get any of this beforehand. Like, I want nothing more than for him to fail so that we can laugh. I am very impressed at what's going on today. I tried the audience to help. It doesn't usually go this way. It doesn't. No. No. Last, this is music. Oh, no. This and you're is, like, you've done so poorly on the music. And music is something I've you pride so yourself I've been so close. In. Like, for those who missed it last week. Shaniqua. I, I thought Shaniqua was playing it safe because I knew they were rhyming with Isha. And I should have just gone with Tisha. Yeah, Keisha. I don't, we learned I didn't know any Keishas. He doesn't know one Keisha. I don't if there's anybody named Keisha listening, can you please call up here? Okay. Let's do this thing. All right. Who said they had so many tattoos? That their body looked like the subways in Harlem. What? They had so many tattoos. Who said they had so many tattoos on their body that their bodies looked marked up like the subways in Harlem? What rapper said that? 336-777-1600. Help, Josh. And you, you, you'll... I'll even just bribe you for the attempt. You don't even have to get it right <laughs> at this point. I just need some help. <laughs> 61 life lessons from Papa on and off the court. And wait, Chapel, you get to see Chris Paul tomorrow. Help! <laughs> <laughs> so that's the lyric? The rapper says... Okay, so this is a lyric. This isn't like a rapper being quoted no, describing no, it's a lyric somebody. and a song. Correct. A okay. lyric and a song. Because if we were talking about rappers that were tatted, I'd think it was like Wiz Khalifa, mm -hmm. who was super tatted. Mm -hmm. But I don't think he actually said that. Who am I going to? Kyle, the Amazon driver. Oh, Kyle. No. Kyle. Oh, Kyle. Who, who is it? <laughs> Kyle. Marked up like the subway in Harlem. Call him, Weezer F, baby. Please say the baby. <laughs> Let's go. 
Kyle, the Amazon driver, but I think you know, you know, you know what looked great next to Chris Paul. You got a picture with him. Absolutely do. Absolutely oh, do. I'm not gonna make it though. I'm not gonna make it. I'm oh. We'll send you. We'll send you a book. special coming. We'll send you a book. We'll do that. Oh, do you want to reveal what your next plan is? I will, especially since old B dot sitting there. Hey, B dot. Uh, what's happening? How you doing, man? I heard you got something going on July twenty second. I do have something going on July 22nd. Oh, well, expect me to be front row with my oh, big old my. Josh Graham fathead sitting at that Raleigh High School, man. So Brandon Childress is having this chill classic, and he's bringing all these NBA players in to do like a open-run Pro-Am Summer League game July 22nd, and he's now threatening to be there with that big, stupid fathead of you, Josh Graham. I don't think he's threatening. He, I think he has a front-row ticket. This is, a, this is not a threatening. This is a warning. <laughs> yeah. I am Coming, baby. Oh, oh and I'm going to have a bunch of big gangster friends with me that don't take too kindly to people picking on me about my Josh Graham fathead. Oh, really? Oh, so now you're walking around strapped with security that's protecting you for walking around with a ridiculous fathead of Josh Graham? Yeah, the Graham crackers. Hey, you dead gum right. That, that, that fake gold chain I'm going to have around it, Mr. Flavor Flavor. <laughs> you know that's outstanding. You know what I'm I mean? sick I told you I was making upgrades, Josh. I'm not playing. Give <laughs> give this guy a book. Send Kyle a book for, oh for his help. Gosh. Thank you, Kyle. There goes Kyle, the Amazon Kyle driver. Is a thorn in the back of my thigh, man. <laughs> Can I hear that again? Help! <laughs> yes, that's beautiful. Oh. We'll see if we have time for B Dot to tell us a Chris Paul story next. This is it. Ready? All right, hold on. All right, do it, do it. All right, listen up. This is The Drive with Josh Graham. WD, I know you got a ticket to the house story prepared. Can we hijack ticket to the house for today? Be my guest. It's just a Florida man running into a gas station. B Dot's in studio with us, and. I just want to talk to BDOT a little bit more about BDOT things when we take it to the house right now. Past the 15, past the 10, past the 5 for the drive. We'll take it to the house. One, two, three. Two quick things I want to touch on. All right. You've been out at Carolina basketball camp. Chris Paul said that his son was currently at Carolina basketball camp. I'm yeah, sure I saw you saw him, him yesterday. There. Yeah. Uh, any takeaways watching the guys? Watching this year's team. I like the confidence in Cormac. Um, he's a shooter. Can get buckets. I like Harrison. He's a bucket. Um, Jay Witts, he's he's aggressive out there. I like that. I love what Mondo's been showing, like ball handling and just being aggressive with his shots. RJ, he's going to be a stud. I can't wait to see RJ get busy this year. For is, real, for real. is Armando serious about the 10K, you think? I don't know. Because I want to give it – we're going to give it to charity. Like, if he's if he's down for it, we're going to give it to it. charity. I shared it with him in the DMs, and he just – he laughed. I don't know what that means. Like, I think you should send it to the DMs and be like, yo, send him the eyes in the DMs. Yeah. Slide well, in the big guy's DMs. That's yeah. it. We're It's going to charity. Yeah. We'll stop doing it. We'll stop posting it on social media. I like Seth Trimble, too. Two, two scrimmage games I saw, Seth Trimble wanted Cole, and he wanted Harrison Barnes yesterday. 
Like he wants those matchups. Like, and, and I'm talking about like he's strong, he's laterally swift, he's agile. Offensively, he's damn getting better. His mid range is better. He still ain't got that three point yet. I really would like for him to get that to draw the uh, defense out a little bit more this season. Take it to the house. Brought to you by East Coast Wings and Grill, by the way. B dot. You're reading Chris Paul's book, or you're listening to the audio book yeah. that we've been talking about this week. Sometimes it's, it's making like you, you reading with one word, one finger under the word. Uh, it's making you sentimental in the sense talking about things that he went through 20 years ago. This is a, one of the triad's greatest success stories, Chris Paul, that this book is about. What stands out to you about it? Just at the very beginning, like when he's just coming in and explaining what it was like in 2002, November 2002, when the situation happened, when his grandfather, of course, you probably know by now, was killed, and he went on to score 61 points. And I remember being at Winston-Salem State University, and we had heard about the, the killing, and it was just, dang, you know, this guy got killed. And then we heard about this guy, Chris, Chris Paul, scoring 61 points. And where everybody was just like, dang, that's off the chain. What are doing? And not realizing that, you know, two years later, he would be on campus with us, kicking it over there at Wake Forest, and then eventually becoming the 18-year vet that he is now, Chris Paul. What would you guys do kicking it together when you're at Winston-Salem State and he's at Wake Forest? <laughs> Some things you just can't really share well, not, on the radio. Well, not job, everything. Right? You know, some stuff just not your business. I'm not telling. <laughs> I'm not asking you to give me everything. I'm no, asking man, you. Like, when, when he would come over, though, like, you know, you want to come to the basketball game. And, like, I had a bit of status on campus. So I would make sure that he was, you know, straight. Like, make sure that, you know, he had good, adequate, you know, things there. You know, seating and whatever, whatever. Like, just make sure Chris was straight. He was the homie. Josh Howard, when he was over at Wake Forest. Like, but this is their city. Like, they're from Winston-Salem, so I was a visitor. But because I was at Winston-Salem State and they would come over, like, if we in the, we know he didn't know where to party at, you know, make sure he's straight, you know. Am I right that he doesn't have a degree from Wake but does at Winston-Salem State? Is that accurate? That is accurate. Because I know he didn't finish. He played two years at Wake. I didn't know if he came back in the summers and got his degree at, at Wake Forest. Yeah. I don't know if that's a thing that happened. I'm not sure, but I know that he graduated from Winston-Salem State University. Did you ever get any gear from him? What kind of gear? Winston-Salem State gear. The stuff that he was rocking in the bubble, all that stuff. Oh, I know no. you were trying to. You know I was trying to. I ain't getting none of it, man. He did me crazy. But I'm very excited for Chris, though, man. I think this book is a good look for him. Like, And it just taught me things. I didn't know how close his um Papa Chili was to Big House Gaines, and he talks about that and talks about rentals and how in how implemental that was for or integral that was for the entire state of North Carolina, not just Winston-Salem. Man. It's dope. Last thing. Got about 10 seconds. He can end up one place. Where would you want Chris Paul to end up? Boston. See? I think that would be a good place for them. Boston. All right. Dot, thanks for being here, buddy. Appreciate you for having me, Joshua that Graham. That is the six-man of Tar Heel basketball, Dot. Wake Baseball going to be on the radio tonight in about an hour. Go Deeks. We'll be back tomorrow on draft day. Cue the future, right? Just kidding. <laughs>